Welcome to the Shelter Footycast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, that's right. The Southern River Band boys, they're off the top. Thanks to the intro music, boys. Hopefully we're not getting copyrighted. We know what they do. They uh, they get it done down there in Thornley. Uh, you are on the Shelter Footy Cast. Mark Reddings, Will Scofield. Happy Easter to everybody. Ski, did you do an Easter egg hunt, mate? Well, my kids are uh, A, interstate, and B, 22, so probably don't need to go down that path. Okay. So, thank you for the good wishes. For the only bloke that I know that doesn't eat chocolate. I'm uh, just not a chocolate guy, mate. I had a couple of eggs yesterday, and I can still taste it in my mouth. I'm just not I'm not that guy. I said to you this on air on 6PA yesterday, put a big bowl of chips in front of me. I'll show you what I do like. Chicken salt. Yeah, yeah No, well, I'm just, I don't like chicken. coffee. So, um, people look at me as if I'm a... <laughs> Alien. Yes. I, I mean, mean you're, not, you're not going too well at the moment, are you? You're having a little bit of a break from drinking. You don't drink coffee. No, I'm, I'm What, what I'm are you getting stuck into at the moment? I've got a couple of vices left, left in the, uh, the locker. Hey, by the way, John Rahm, the Masters champion today, the Green Jacket, second. It's a done. That's, yep, his second major title, fourth Spaniard. Well done to him. Aussie's no good, but uh, he wins by, I think, three or four. Is Rahm a liver? Is he, is he a live golfer? No. Right. No, he's not so. Because they were going to storm the. They were going to storm the yeah, fairway. Yeah, PGA. Obviously, Phil Mickelson was up there, wasn't he? He's fifty-two years of age, had a really good tournament. So yeah, Masters. I'm not a huge golf man, uh, Scully, but that would be one of the great events to go to. No yeah, question. it looks like it. They've got some serious tradition there. Like I, I was reading a big Twitter thread about it. You're not allowed to take um, chairs yeah. that have armrests. You can't run. You can't run between. There's no running. Walk. You, they, they've they got specific times you can drink. They don't open the bar until a specific time. You can't film stuff. Like, it's very yeah, it's, traditional. It's, it's old school traditional. And quite interestingly, as part of this footy cast, we're not talking anything about footy because our two teams are crap. <laughs> <laughs> Shelter Footy Cast. You can find us on Instagram, Shelter Footy Cast uh, over there. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us as a podcast. And that's right, West Australian footy is absolute garbage at the moment. So if you want to let us know about it, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au or just comment on our YouTube channel and we'll find your questions there. Skeeter, let's get into it. I'm all chocolated out. Let's talk about the footy. There's some big moments in the round. Look, the first one I want to speak about is concussions and um, the McCartan boys. So I didn't see what happened to Tom, but he was subbed out. But I did see what happened to Paddy. And i got to be honest, it's one of the worst things I've seen on a footy field. Not because... Uh, I've seen some big hits. I saw that, you know, that Andrew Gaff Jonas hit. I was in that game. I saw Dan Venables right right up and close. That sort of it wasn't that sort of hit. That's what was so scary about it. Paddy McCartan subbed off on the weekend. I, I really got grave fears for his footballing future ever. I, I don't know if he'll ever play again because what happened on the weekend, if you didn't see it, um in the Sydney Port Adelaide game, he was um in a contest. They hit the ground, he was fine. There was no head contact in the in the marking contest. They were literally crawling after a ball, and he dove, 
no other player really near him, and he sort of skimmed his head along the ground. Look, I, I can't talk about how hard he hit the ground, right? But it, it wasn't a Daniel Venables collision, right? Mm. Which, which, but he was knocked out cold. He then could barely recover. He couldn't walk. He looked like a heavyweight fighter that had gone 10 rounds with Muhammad Ali. He, he looked cooked. It looked like someone had king hit him. He, he had the spaghetti legs. He was almost like seizuring. It, it, it was really scary. And it, and it was seemingly off nothing. I, I don't know if he plays again. Yeah, well, it's a decision, I'm sure, that not only Paddy's and the whole family have, have got to make, but also off the back of that, it's his 10th. 10th <sighs> concussion. Now, he has been cleared by neurologists in the past, but the AFL must be really uh, twitchy about this one, given what's happening with the class actions, because if he keeps coming back and playing, I mean, if he comes back and, and returns to the field now, the AFL is almost entitled to say, listen, there has to be a non, non-disclosure agreement that you, you are not going to come back to us in 15 to 20 years, despite the clearance by doctors that you can play. Now, again, we don't know the medical... There was medical... Uh, clearance for him. We've spoken about this before, though. You can't have players signing away their rights to, like, there has to be responsibility on the AFL as well. So, therefore, they should be able to, I think, put the foot down and say... We we can't have you playing. And there's been some Oxford University studies uh, from January 2023, which I was reading this morning, relating to this, suggesting if you have three or more concussions you should not be involved in a collision-based sport. He's up to 10. Wow. Uh, and that's, we're thinking footy here, and there's, there's other footballers have had numerous concussions. I think of cricket. Will Pekoski yeah. has had up to 10 to 12 and concussions. Con- and that's not a contact sport. No, I mean, but he's been hit in the head by cricket balls so, with a helmet. So, the, And he's stayed out of the game for, for some time. A bit of mental health involved with that as well. So it's a really big, big story, this one, as to what happens next, whether the club, the AFL become involved, and, and how strongly the medical evidence suggests that he should be um, looking for a safer option when it comes to, to sport, and that means not playing AFL. Uh, yeah, it was a crazy incident, and, and uh, we're, we're thinking of Paddy and his family and himself and the footy club and, and hope, hope for the best. In, in that game as well, we're going to touch on this when we go through the game, uh, a kick after the siren as well. Um, so it was an exciting game there at the SCG. Uh, what about What about... Frio and West Coast, one and three. We're gonna pre- we're gonna we're gonna review the games in in a little bit. But overall, not in each game, but West Australian footy. You mentioned it off the top, both teams are shite. How's everyone feeling? Do you think? No, we're in a funk. There's no question about that. <laughs> we are in a demise of some description. You think we kicked uh, between the two clubs nineteen goals at the weekend? The Dockers are simply struggling to hit the scoreboard, and, and West Coast, despite a Relatively bright start in the first half. They tried by four goals at half time. They were they were at class. Yeah, but again, taking away the games, right? I don't want to talk about the games. The actual clubs. So West Coast have this injury list, right? And um, I said yes. So I want to have a line in the sand. We've stopped talking about this, but they don't have the available players. Don't know where they were going to get to without with those players on the field. But they don't have them anymore. So whether you like it or not, they're going to get a leave pass this year. Like I, I think they will. I, I, it's just. It is footy and injuries happen, but like what what's actually occurred there? They're going to get a leave pass. I don't think the pressure is going to be on them like it is at the Frio Football Club. So, Fremantle, mate, like their expectations, and I was driving it personally, but but holistically through the AFL, they just missed the top four last year. They they seemingly go well. They make additions to the side. Not much t- changes negatively. You know, like yes, 
I had a go at moving on role players. I thought that was um, important to have them at the footy club. But in the end, other teams have done that and gone well. So they bring in a couple of players to the side. They're not they're not the footy club. Well, they're not the the team they were last year. Like they're just miles watching, off it. they're like miles off it, miles from... away. So the pressure's going to come really hard at the Freo Dockers. Absolutely, and it starts on Friday against the Gold Coast Suns because they go one and four. It's a long way back. I will challenge you on the Eagles getting a leave pass this year because I think when it comes down to it, if there is more injuries or more injuries to the likes of, of Luke Shuey, Nick Natanui doesn't play much, they're going to have to move those players on or they'll retire. I think that's... Not, that. The, yeah, but I just think if they don't get injured, those sorts of players, Shuey, McGovern, Natanui, if they're all playing, if, right? That's a massive... No, no, listen to what I'm about to say. If they're all playing and they finish bottom two, then then the heat comes. If they finish bottom two now, they're getting the leave pass. No, we didn't have our senior players there. You can't deny that. What I deny is that if these these players, these guys aren't putting together footy this year of, of long... The, the record in the last three or four years says they aren't. And that's yeah. Natanui, Shuey, um, I mean, McGovern's obviously... I just think there's less pressure with those guys out there for the footy club. There, there, there is. There's but, less pressure. Well, that pressure gets transferred into... To, making the calls of which Shuey, Natanui, retirement. That that becomes very... I don't think they're going to do a Hawthorne, though. I don't think they can move every senior li- no, player, they, player on the list and get them, get rid of them, and then you've just got a bunch you, of young guys running around. I don't yeah, think they're going to do that. I don't know. I just... I think the pressure will build, because if they're having a bad year, I think last year Eagles supporters were, you know, taken aback quite mm. significantly. But this year, um, I think... Yeah, injuries not not aside, if they get smashed by twelve to fourteen goals regularly, um, yeah, I, I want they want to see more from the team that's out there because they've they've got these guys coming in, guys like Connor West. Is he up to it? Greg Clark, is he up to it? These are guys that are getting chances. Xavier O'Neill when he comes into the side again, have they got enough depth to even be competitive? Fremantle, are you hearing any whispers about anything at Fremantle? Well, you must be because you just brought it up. Just wondering if you've Come heard on. any whispers. Well, I'm just hearing very, very, very faint whispers. Just just around, you know, if they continue to go the way they they are, I don't, I don't know if things are going to say the same at that football club. Just as a whisper. I can't go, I can't give anything more than that, Skate. <laughs> are we talking about player-wise or coaching-wise? Well, or I mean, you can do the maths. You've you're, you're always been a mathematical well, so the, man. The coach already under the pump. Well, I, I, I would think just so, just yeah. re-signed. Well, there you go. There you go. That's just, just a faint whisper. I haven't said anything. You've just said it. I haven't said anything. Oh, hang on. You can put, just put, put the grade out, out there. But you seed sowed. To... Seed sowed. Seed has been sown. Is that is that the saying? Sow your seed? Is that what it is? So you're saying. Seed sowed. <laughs> Will Schofield, Mark Redding, Shot of Footycast. <laughs> Let's get into the teams seed and the games. Sowed. Adelaide defeat Fremantle by 39 points. Highly disappointing. One and three Fremantle Dockers. They come into this year. They should have been six and zero. I was right. I'm not wrong. I was right. <laughs> You're right, were you? They they should have been six and zero. The, 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 a lot of shoulds and ifs to start your, the, your the, shelter footy the, cast. The schedule that they had, they shouldn't have been one and three, and they are, and they're they're a shadow of what they were last year. And so the reasons for that, the biggest reason um, is their ball movement. And we heard Justin Longmuir speak after this game. Ball movement starts in the midfield. Ball movement doesn't shouldn't start in the back line, right? So I speak a bit about the back line um, being the gatekeepers of ball movement and that's speed of ball movement, and they are. But as a football club, you don't want to be starting your ball movement from the back line. You want to be starting in the middle of the, the centre bounce, going forward. Winning it, going And then forward. defending behind it. That's, that's what 
plan A is for Frio, and they're not getting it done in the middle. So you look at their their stats from the weekend. Uh, Brayshaw had a bunch. Sarong had a bunch. And then nothing. But There's a huge, huge gulf. Yeah. So uh, Brody gets dropped, plays, plays in the waffle, which... 37 touches. I understand. But you take him out, who's replaced Will Brody? Is like he, 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 in my mind, is the third midfielder. So if he comes out, who's replaced him? Is it O'Meara? Is it Aish? Is it... You know, these sorts of names were... Uh, Midfielders four and five behind Mundy last year, and Brody. Brody was four, and then they had five, six, seven. Now they've got two, and who's three, four, five? I don't know who they are. Yeah, it's concerning because Aisha think had a role early on on Laird um, and trying to nullify his influence on the weekend. Darcy, I thought was more than capable and of getting his hands on the footy, and so he's Bra- having a good year. Brayshaw, Sarong, as you said, getting the footy. So why isn't it, why isn't it happening for Fremantle? Why aren't they able to? Brayshaw had fourteen touches in the last quarter. So I that, might that so, dressed it up a bit. So he had he had fifteen or something up to three quarter time. Yeah. So that yeah that probably disguises maybe a, a few flaws there. Look, even though they're getting the, the numbers up, those two players we mentioned, they're, they're still not nowhere near. I don't think having the influence that they last did. last week Sarong's game was his best game of the year, and, yes. and he looked you know his breaking and damaging out of but Brayshaw didn't look amazing last week no, and it hasn't hasn't looked amazing it was MVP of the league last year yeah and you know well you, you certainly that the textbook says you're not meant to go backwards coming off an MVP year and getting a year older in the system you know but all, but, but by the same so as you would know it doesn't automatically just happen if you put in the, the no. work which I'm sure those guys do Sometimes it, it, it's mental, mate. You're, you're pretty much nail on head here. It's, it doesn't just happen. No. And, and I, I think, you know, Justin Longmuir alluded to it. I think that they're expecting it to happen. And, and Justin's words, you know, to, to the fact were, um, we need to stop thinking about what happened last year and who we were as a team then. And do you what think happened. they've you know, lingered and, and and maybe not not that they had a, a glorious year, but do you think that that's the, what expectation they thought is, progression? Well, that's what expectation hap- happened automatically, and that's external and internal. That's what expectation is. It's like, well, we went last well last year. We should go well this year. You, well, you still have to. You know, you have to. Do and other it. teams are going to improve. Yeah. So look, I mean, they've been really disappointing. It, it's not um, season over. And it's not like they can't turn it around, but they've got to drastically change Mate, things. They lose on Friday. I know you mm. said you're not tipping them again for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, I said I'm not almost. picking Freo again. I said I'm not picking them, and they're saying until I can prove until I can prove yeah, me wrong. Yeah, fair enough. I'm picking against Freo for the rest of the year. But if they go and beat a uh, Brisbane, I'll start picking them again. Yeah, your team, Brisbane. Um, not going that bad. Yeah, correct. Uh, P- Pierce has had three kicked on him by Walker, so. He's a little bit out of touch. I thought the West Coast key forwards touched them up a bit last week. Yeah. Um, so Cox is probably in that boat as well. Luke Ryan doesn't look fit to me. No, but he's he's been one of their. But no, he, he looks like he's and he's at, he even said during the week I think on Wildwater Sports he was touch and go playing might have been against the Crows because this back's gone through the preseason and I don't know if you've, you've had the back issues yeah. in, in your backs. Backs the pretty average last thing you want to have trouble mm. with because it affects your whole body, your legs and yeah. your back and. Um, Travis Kelsey's probably got something to say about know that. Know your also. role and shut your mouth. Um, Slow down. Well, it does. Well, Dan, yeah. Dan, mind you, picked West Coast yesterday. So yeah, he's just spilled his that. coffee all over the um, equipment over the back there. So he started well today. Um, now, uh, what was I going to say? Rankin and Rochelle, if we just talk about Adelaide, that that combo. But their forward line's almost the best in the business. I'm, when you think of Walker, albeit at the back end, Riley Thilthorpe, who's. Yes. I can't believe he's not playing every week. Every time I see him. He looks dangerous, can get up the ground. They've got a very... And Rankin, will, Rankin's a small forward 
all Australian at the moment. Yeah, and they didn't have Fogarty on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what's probably keeping um, Thilthorpe out is is Fogarty, Fogarty Walker, Thilthorpe. Is that, and, is that and, too and tall? And Gallant played on the weekend, and he, yes. he showed a fair bit of promise. I would have thought. So I, they're, I'm, they're I'm, I'm just pissed off in myself. Right? I do fantasy. I do super coach. I yeah. do all that. I spoke to Scott Burns in the preseason here. I spoke to him for 20 minutes about their team, just trying to get a bit of insight. Scott Burns is the assistant coach at Adelaide. He said, watch Rankin and Rochelle this year. We got them playing in combo through the middle of the ground. People think that Rochelle is just a small forward. He's a pure mid this year, basically. And I didn't put him in my team. And I don't know why, because he's been out. He's been one of the biggest improvers in the AFL this year. And he's coupled with Rankin, who'd be all Australian right now. So, look, they've got a lot of upside. And I've got to be honest, I didn't see it in them. So, good well, on them. No, I think you. Well, to, to go back a fraction, pre season, we saw. Yeah. Albeit, I was more impressed with Adelaide than I was Port. I will say. Yeah, that. No, we, well, you, I didn't see Adelaide yes. um, at close quarters. You, you might have had a, a decent look at them. No, I think. Well, I had them as improvers. Um, but they might go a little further than what, what I thought. They might be, you know, knocking on the door for the eight. If, if did you pick Freo? I picked Freo. Yeah, so did I. Last time, not, not going to happen. Melbourne defeat. Oh, no, I picked Adelaide. Sorry, I picked did Adelaide. You? Yeah, I did pick Adelaide. Seriously, yeah, yeah. got one, one right. Few ones, yeah. Melbourne defeat West Coast by sixty three points. Um, look, it was a, a result that was expected, but the sixty three is that about the the line? That's about par. I think the line was about forty nine fifty. Think anything more would have been disappointing. Anything less. You start getting into areas of like they, they challenge them, but it, realistically, Melbourne were challenged in the first half. They they looked under pressure. I was calling on radio up the chimney, so they just kept giving these handballs up the chimney. The pressure was immense by mm. West Coast, and when they review this game, they'll look at this game in halves. First half, this is the blueprint with the squad that we have out there. We need to put high amounts of pressure on the on the comp. We need to boot, move the ball aggressively and quickly. Um, and, and we're going to have goals scored against us, but we're going we're to score goal, goals as well. The second half, they don't put the pressure on required. They don't move the footy as aggressively as they should have. Um, Skill and they, execution drops away. Yeah, all the and, they, and they still get the goals scored against them, and, and it looks poor. So yeah. they're, they're the two halves of West Coast. Yeah, and look, to be honest, that's why they are players that aren't first picked, because they yeah. don't have the ability to maintain that. And that's a, not a knock on some of those players, but you're right, they, they showed... A fair bit in the first half. I think, though, just watching Melbourne live, they are so good around the contest. Once the spread, they feel they've got the spread, the control of the ball. Yeah. They go and they go quickly, and they are almost impossible to stop. I mean, in terms of what I've seen this year, they and Collingwood probably as good as anyone, and Collingwood's probably elite in that department so, as well. It's the, it's the moment. I've spoken about it before. So Melbourne and Collingwood in the, in the competition right now are reacting the best in the moment, and that's defensively and offensively. Um, so offensively, it's that moment when you think you can win the footy, and they're just gone. And, mm. you, and if you don't react well defensively, like West Coast weren't, see you later. Yep. Um, I will say, though, what made – well, you know, the vulnerability – of Melbourne was shown in that first half against real pressure. So if you're a side that wants to beat Melbourne, you bring pressure for four quarters, you might win. But that's the same with any team, isn't it? Correct. Exactly right. So it's it's it simple, but that being simple, said, simple look, game. Petrarca very slow to start, but got rolling. Um, Oliver was dominant Oliver, throughout. as always. I mean, they've got a lot of players that... Gee, they, they capture your attention. I mean, Brody Grundy with no Max Gorn there. What about West Coast? It was good. With, I thought Elliot Yo was good for West Coast. Yeah, Tim, Tim Kelly was outstanding. He gets if you're doing the, the club champion votes from the weekend. He he picks 36 up 36 touches, Max 700 metres game, two goals. 
I did call that on radio, Don't, by the way. Yeah, yeah he did make his prediction. Yeah. Just go with one of the blokes to to blow his own trumpet. I'm happy to blow your own trumpet, blow your trumpet, but just let us do it. Let me praise you before you actually da- jump in and, and give yourself, you know, the pat on the back because I can do it for you. Yeah. I'm happy to, no, to no, give no, you that. I've got tap. no doubt that you can blow a good trumpet, mate. Hey, um, Tim Kelly, for what the criticism he's copped, let's be honest, over the last two or three years, a club champion award just takes a bit of that heat off a bloke, doesn't it? I would have thought he's been... He's done enough. He's been, the last two years, he's been West Coast best midfielder. Yeah. So what are, you, what are you meant to do? Yeah, what I know, but, they, but people are still going back to Tim Kelly's been well, a disaster. Well, they're, well they're, they're more reflective of the trade. And again, I've said this before, that's not on Tim Kelly. No, That's on the not. footy club. That's, no. a, that's on the recruiting department. That's on the people that do the contracts. And, and I think it's pretty fair to say that the, like West Coast came out of that um, worse than Geelong. Ge- Geelong won that trade, um, but you can see the reasons that West Coast did it. They're trying to double down in 2019 and, and win another flag, and they didn't get it done. So that's how footy goes. You either you either get it right or you get it wrong, and they got it wrong. Yeah, and I asked you this on radio yesterday. How did it take them a year or two too long to to start going down the youth path and, and well, rebuild? No, absolutely not. No, uh, because no team in the history of AFL has won a premiership and thought they no, might, no. might rebuild. No, that's 18. We're now in 2023. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm saying two years ago or a year ago, what, uh, is there a lag time? I understand in 19 and 20 you've still got the, those senior players. I just wonder whether the 18 flag, that's five years ago now. And 19, I understand, going again. There was obviously signs in after that. Yeah, they they traded away all their picks for those two years. Yeah, well, so, that's, that doesn't. And what we've seen with them getting those picks back by finishing lowly last year is the boy. Yeah, you, know, you got Jimmy. Jimmy. You got Hewitt. You've got. Lo- it's actually not the. They're, they're it's going to happen again this year. Yeah, they've been bereft of, of young talent, haven't they? Yeah, and that's what they need. If they can get two or three more in next season, and maybe you know snag a free agent somewhere to to give them because he's going to be. I think one of either Shuey or, or, or Nat Nui will retire. That's my gut feeling. Uh, one or the other? You, am I being a bit harsh? No, you can say what you like. Um, no, but realistic. Yeah, I just don't think they're doing the Hawthorne thing. So no, maybe. I'm saying the body. And, and, and look, yeah, Chewie's might, played 17 last year. He might come back and, and play the rest of the season. Oh, I certainly think it would just be frustrating, right? As yeah, a, as totally. A, as you're trying Not to do fault. your role. And, no, no, well, well yeah, less about fault and just more, you know, no, if, no, if your role is to get out in the field every week and you're not, it'd be bloody frustrating. Oh, right? yeah, and that's just your body not giving you the, the run you want. Will Schofield, Mark Redding, Shelter Footycast. Before we go any further. Oh, boy. I've just got a little gift for you. Thank you. I saw this on Twitter. Um, Hello, Dan. Sir Swamp-like, mm. you know, a guy, um, Andrew Gigax with a Z at the end no, um, on G'day. Twitter. No, shout out. Fun footy fact. This was, the, this was the West Coast Melbourne game. This was the 163-point margin in AFL history or v, VFL AFL history, mm. the last three have all been lost by West Coast at Perth Stadium. So 2022, Sydney, they lost by 63. 2022, Carlton, they lost by 63. And on the weekend, 63, Melbourne at Perth Stadium. Can you, I, I, like, I love it. Can you tell me what I'm meant to do with that information? Just, it, just enjoy it. It, it, it. He's a genius, a freak. Yes. I know you're on, on Twitter asking him questions oh, yeah. every second day. Well, we had him on back chat and we, we asked him, like, how do you actually do what no, you're so doing? No, so this Sir isn't Swamp? even Sir Swamp. This is just a guy that's like, oh. it's just a, a random guy who's come up with that. <laughs> Well, seriously. It's not even so swamp. You reckon I need to get a life? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's shout get, out to him, by the way. Let, uh, well, I think you're right. Uh, rest of the round, let's get into it. Brisbane defeat Collingwood by 33 points on Thursday night. Seems a long time ago, Scoey. Who did you pick, mate? 
Um, I decided that Brisbane deserved one more chance at the Gabba. In fact, I'm not just as you're not, not tipping Fremantle again. Yes. I'm not tipping against Brisbane at the Gabba Good. again until I'm proven wrong. Good. So they stood up. They're they're the, they're the best team of the comp again now. Charlie Cameron and the you know <laughs> John Denver Country Road take me home. Uh, Big Joey involved, looked engaged. That, that, I, that's what, a frustration. What do we though. expect out of Joe Danaher? He's literally been in the league ten years and he's done this every game. Sometimes but, he's good. Sometimes he's amazing. He looks like he's going to win the Coleman. But the Sometimes is, he's shite. But most of the time, it seems to happen when, he, when away from home as a team, yeah. as a collective, be, why do you accept that? Well, it's just how he is. I don't, no, 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 I don't have to accept it. As, as a team. Oh, I, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, it probably exemplifies a little bit what Brisbane's been a little bit yeah. about, right? Um, you know, did, did they miss one when, when the bubble and the COVID hub was in Brisbane? Like, sh- should they have won, you know... That, that flag? Like, the, oh. was that their opportunity to... Well, I'm sure Simo's thinking the same thing and, and the Dockers when they had the grand final here. Should we have... Yeah, you know, but they had a whole season in Queensland, basically, yeah, and they still couldn't get it done. So, I, like, I, I, I haven't picked them for the premiership this year. Who and, did you pick again? Um, <laughs> I thought you were a trumpet blower. <laughs> I'm giving <laughs> you one here. <laughs> yeah, I picked you long, Skeeter. All right. Have I, have and I you're so up? confident. Well, oh, fuck me! Like, do you want me to go? Well, I just think that maybe, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. Do you want me to get in the flat? Okay, you want yeah, me to go through? No, I want to change tack here because I want to touch on. I mentioned this to you before, Nick Dacos, and again, this is social media, and we've just heard a, a really fascinating stat about the 63 points. He's copping a lot of heat over the weekend about is that, um, that one contest? One contest, and it went on and on and on, and people are just tearing him to shreds. Is this normal? Well, it's it's normal for social media. It's an absolute junkyard sometimes. But just to speak through that actual action, right? If we if you don't know what we're talking about, just jump on social media and Google Nick Dacos, and there'll be there'll be plenty. Him. People are saying he pulled out of a contest, right? So he's running in the middle of the ground. There's three Brisbane players running at him, and the ball's bouncing towards them, right? So the actual uh, dynamics of that situation: a ball rolling away from you. It's like an away ground ball, is what you call it. Is the hardest ground ball to take coming at you. You, you get the momentum, you hit it hard, and, and if you put your hands in the right spot, it comes in clean. Like, that's, that's a ground ball. When it's running away, you have to stay down over it, you have to increase your speed to catch it, and you also have to worry about what's coming at you. And also worry about if you're going towards an opponent now with front-on contact Correct. and all the above. Right, so there's a lot of things to take into mind. Just, just breaking down this incident, right? So he's coming out three players. The thing about Nick Dacos, who... I was going nuts on social media. Why isn't someone tagging this bloke? Like, no one touches him on the field, which is another story. I don't know why people aren't just smashing him. He's not big. Bash the bloke. Got to catch him. Genuinely. Yeah, just bash him, mate. Bash him behind the play. You know, as in, like, put elbows into him. No one touches him, mate. No, no one touches him. I don't mean King hit him. I mean, put, be physical. Be physical. Anyway, this, this moment, right... This is what's going through his head. He's got three players coming. He's worried about that. He's worried about taking the ball clean. He's worried about the reporting stuff. He's worried about where he's going to go with the ball next. He's got about 50 things going on in his head. But what makes Nick Dacos good is he's already two steps ahead of anyone else. That's what actually makes him a good player. He reacts faster. He makes his decisions before people can. That's what makes him a good player. He's not this like beast that runs through people. That's not Dick, Nick, <laughs> Dick no. Dacos. Nick Dacos, that's not him, right? But as he gets to the ball... He's, he's already made the decision that he's spinning and he's going to give a handball. That's what he's doing. And because and it's rolling away, he gets it wrong by like five centimetres, maybe less, and it, and it looks like he's pulling out of it. He's not pulling out of it. He's not scared of I getting I can guarantee hit. you every one of those trollers who are no, having a crack at Nick Dacos, whatever no. team they barrack for, 
If they said Nick Dacos is coming to your club, they would take him in uh, a heartbeat. The the yeah, the social media pile on was just ridiculous over that incident. But the social like I, I just tag the bloke. Someone tag him. Please well, tag him. Can I say this? Ridiculous. I'm suggesting that Ross Lyon this week oh, yeah. will be assigning oh, somebody yeah. to we'll talk about that Thursday. But uh, yeah, that's Collingwood, I don't think they've lost too much. The the, the Jack Crisp thing on, on Friday Thursday, um, did that Affect the group? I've got no idea. I, I think not. you know what. I just think they got beaten by a good side up in Brisbane. They'd won their first three Collingwood. They were on pretty good terms with themselves, and they got beaten by a side that is a five goal better team uh, on their own deck. Very good. I agree with you. Carlton defeat North Melbourne by twenty three points. I think we both picked Carlton. I would have both so. picked Carlton. I said that uh, the two big boys would have, I think, fourteen shots at goal and could kick eleven three or three eleven. They had ten goals between them. Colonel Ker- Mackay. So I think you're on the money. Carlton's best start since. 1995, Skeeter. And that was the year David Parkin yes. and the all-conquering Blues. Beat Geelong in the grand final. Thumped Geelong in the grand final, didn't they? Um, it's good to say, I'm not sure if you've got much sympathy or, or any affection for Carlton, but it is great for the competition to see a big club get back and, yeah. and play good footy. What Melbourne clubs, though, like Carlton, St Kilda, having a good start to the year on top of the ladder. Collingwood and Melbourne. Yeah. How good's Queen's birthday going to be? Yeah, presents? it's a very good call. Um, the Cheezel, Sheezel, starts and plays well again, 37 touches. Talking about social media stuff, there was a bit of you know stuff around how he gets his touches. He's, he's playing a lot out of the goal square. He's probably getting an extra 10 touches from kicking mm. in, but... I don't know. That's the game. Like they're, they're, There's half-back flankers on every team that have the exact same opportunity to play the way I he's playing. Get 37. No, correct. So he's a good player. It's his role. It's his role in the team to be the distributor, and that's what he's doing, and he's doing it well. I don't know if you can argue against it. You look at someone like Ruben Jinby, who was quiet, he was quiet in, the, in the game the weekend. Um, he's in and under and cold-faced type player, but that, that's his role. He's not going to have 37 doing that. So you need to look at the role they're playing. I think Sheasel's playing his role really well. I think Jimby's playing his role really well as well. And Marcus Ashcroft, the other nominee, I'm not sure who this week is. I don't know who it will be, oh. but Ashcroft's been very good. They're top three or four, you've yeah, known. Um, 49,000, by the way, at Marvel. Biggest crowd at the venue for 10 years. Wow. Uh, Carlton being involved helps that Good Friday appeal match. Uh, North Melbourne, I think, deserves to keep it. Uh, so It was competitive. I remember last this time last year, oh. Carlton spanked him and was saying, take it off him, take it off him. It was, was a competitive the, the, game. The Bulldogs were... Was that last year or the two years before? Anyway, the Bulldogs were involved at one point. They've yeah. been piffed. Yeah, but um, North Melbourne were... Yes. Been, but, but that summarised that they've been shit house for a while now. Yeah, so. totally. I think keep, keep it with them. They do a good job socially, um, you know, growing the game and, and raising money for a good cause. So I yep. don't think that's a discussion anymore. Um, we both pick Carlton. Western Bulldogs defeat Richmond. You're upset. You got it right. Did well. Yes. They, this was my roughy of the week uh, for Bottle Mart. All right. Thank you very much. Um, we'll get to your roughy of the week a bit later, Skeeter. Western Bulldogs defeat Richmond by five points. Good game. Really good game. Yeah, and a bit of rain around, so it sort of, I thought, played into the hands of, of Richmond. It was a strange one. Footy, but but it was, the, the match was, if you looked at the, the way the game was played out, dominating was the Bulldogs until early in the second quarter, then bang, Richmond. They kicked eight goals in the second quarter, eight Richmond. 15 minutes or less. Richmond um, kicked two goals in the second half. So they yeah. kicked eight in the second quarter, two goals in the second half. Like what they got absolutely creamed in was uh, Richmond, was yeah. uh, the contested footy and blokes like Libra and Clearway and Bond. They, they, they were terrific, the Bulldogs. That, in fact, was what got them to a flag in 2016, was it? That type of form. 28, 28 clearances between Bont and Pally, Liberatore and Trelaw. So... I don't know if West Coast had 28 clearances so what's, on the weekend. So what's, what's Taranto and Hopper been brought to the club for then? 
Yeah, it's a very good point. No, I just and you know Lynch is gone now. Revolt didn't play. Cochin. It is a changing of the guard at Richmond, and I, I can see this unraveling for them in terms of. Oh, I can see them missing the eight um, and, and having a pretty tough year so at the longer the, the season. Think about the questions you were asking about West Coast, right? Like, did they? Did they not pull the trigger on their senior mm. players? Yep. And so Richmond come off the back of three premierships, so I yep. don't think you can really criticise that. And no, not missed at Missed another grand final in 2018 by having a poor game in a prelim. So, like, they've done it. They played finals last year. Yeah. They should have almost won against Brisbane. Yeah, but this is that's what West Coast did, right? They played finals, played yeah. finals, and didn't get it done. Uh, are they going to go off a cliff, though, because they've gone out and got... They didn't get Hopper and Toronto for free. They gave up draft picks no. for that, right? No, of course. Uh, look, as you said, the difference is that... Richmond did win three in a row. I think you, you're prepared to take a almost a decade in the wilderness <laughs> if you've got three in the bank in, in a row. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Uh, Tom Lynch was a big moment in this game. Um, t- two of them, actually. First one is he'll be going straight to the uh, MRP. That's what it is. MRO. Tribunal. Straight yeah, to the tribunal. tribunal, sorry. So he was adjudged uh, for his hit on Alex Keith to be deliberate, high in nature, um, all, all the all the assessments yeah, high metrics. went into the area of tribunal. So, so you can't argue on that. You, you seen the incident? I did, and I I, I looked at it with Carl Langdon a couple of times, and and we were a bit different to you. I, I I had a bit more sympathy for him, and look, not a huge Tom Lynch fan, not a Richmond supporter. I I just what yeah, I wasn't totally convinced that it was an intentional act, given that Keith was concussed, missed the rest of the game. I get it. Keith but. was coming back with a flight, if you haven't seen it, Tom Lynch coming out to mark and he was he was sort of behind his opponent and the opponent ends up marking the ball. Lynch goes past his opponent and I, I think completely shirt fronts Alex Keith straight in the head. So Yeah, I, I disagree. So I, yeah, I, a shirt I, front. Well, I, I don't know how else to describe it when Keith is clearly coming back at the footy. It's a quick game, but but Lynch gets him high and yeah, no, gets he, him straight in the, exactly. straight in no, the face. No, I get so. all that. I just I just he's, I looked at the replay and his eyes were on the ball until the last but second. Then he turned his body. In the end, doesn't matter. He's, he's broken out. his foot. He's having surgery. So. Yeah. So while we're on that, uh, Harry McKay, just quickly going back to him in the Carlton game, copping a week on the hit on Sheasel. You, I think he should challenge it. I think he should challenge it. It was clumsy. Yeah. But like that's he why he played on. This... Got up, played on. I don't know. There's this, there's this, um, I think it should be action-based. So does that action have the ability to cause real harm? I don't think so. He wasn't running fast enough. It looked really stupid and clumsy. I'm not quite sure what he was trying to do. No. Um, but he's, he's, Harry McKay's over 200 centimetres tall and Sheasel's not. Sheasel's small. And he's running at him with like two clenched fists. <laughs> it's like a, it, was, it was like Vulcan like and Gladiator was, in the gauntlet, mate. Like was, I don't know what he was doing. Like Russian dancers when they do the. <laughs> so, uh, look, I hope he doesn't get a week, but he, he may do. But, they, but they're going to challenge it. I would challenge. I'd roll the dice. But Richmond aren't because uh, Lynch will be yep. in surgery and so he'll get what he gets and it probably will have no effect on anything. Uh, Norton kicks three. I thought he was very good in wet conditions. And Tim English. He's the best ruckman in the competition at the moment. Very, very, very clear all-Australian ruckman right now. Sean Darcy has been good also, but Tim English is a is a is a stage above everyone. And and I think uh, I sort of reflect back on a few years ago, people were people were laughing at him whether or not he could be a ruckman in the AFL. He was skinny. He was, he was so skinny. He had a shocking haircut. Still does a little bit, um, which is you know very rich from me. But he. He is a man now, and he dominates. But you, but even interviewing him when he was just drafted to the Bulldogs, you could tell in brief that 
you could tell once he got some. Yeah, he's like a puppy. He's like a puppy. And yeah. such a and gentle young kid. Once he got some meat on the bones, I, I, I wasn't like one of those who thought he won't, he won't make it. As you say, and you often say, and we all know, Ruckman and big players take a little bit longer to develop for several this reasons. This is very rare you get a Josh Kennedy that comes in and can do, or Buddy Franklin. But even Buddy Franklin and Jared Ruffhead, these sorts of guys, like, they'll You forget the first year or two, yeah, don't yeah, you? They're sort of still yeah. finding their feet. Correct. Um, so you pick Richmond, I think. I tip the Tigers, yeah, and uh, I won't tip them again <laughs> the rest of the year. <laughs> St Kilda defeat Gold Coast by 53 points. I <laughs> oh, mate, like... Two sides of the coin here. How good is St Kilda? Let's start positively. Like Ross Lyon, coach what he's of the year. done. Yeah, after yeah. a month. He's easily coach of the Four year. Four and zero. He's a genius. <laughs> we talk about what's missing at West Coast. Yeah. What? Well, St Kilda's yeah, list yeah, is decimated equally as much, I would have thought. Yeah. And no? Yeah, oh, it's pretty close. Yeah, no. Put it this way. And okay, let's, let's go through their victories. Over Fremantle. Yeah. Their form doesn't oh. suggest they're playing that great of footy. Yeah. They got Essendon last week. They got Gold Coast, and there was another one in there as well. Who they? Do you beat. think I know who it is? The fourth. Um, anyway, they won their four matches. They yes. got a good percentage. It's their best start since 2010. And he was the in charge back then. Grand finalist back in 2010. So yeah, the drawn grand final year. You look at. It's just they're on top of the ladder. First time since 2009. They play finals. Only team to be. They they, they almost. They're, have they're to, that far away from you know, being on on which statistically, is, which is crazy. Which is just. I think crazy for for the for the side they had last year for what they did last year for the te- for the players they lost there was no hope no, no no one in the country picked them to finish top eight this is this is purely in yeah. my mind and I'm not a huge Ross Lyon fan this is down to him he has to take complete responsibility for for well he has to let me just read to you the <laughs> goal scorers for St Kilda right which which is this is this is the most incredible yeah. part I think about what they're doing so Higgins kicks five he's a good player but. But he hasn't been a superstar yet. He kicks five. Hill kicks two. Kaminti. Kamintiti. <laughs> what is it? Go on. Go on, Hero. How do you spell it? Ah, uh, who knows. Two goals to him. Owens, two. Winhager, one. Sinclair, one. Ross, one. Philippou, one. random Gordy, one. Scoring by committee, it's called, apparently. Butler, one. Like, it's just... I don't... You know, you, you probably walk past that group of players in the street and you wouldn't recognise any of them. We wouldn't. Um, which is fine. I did watch some of the games. Which is a good thing. And Gold Coast... Positive. Looked competitive early, but St Kilda able to to just slice through their defence too easily at times. So, uh, full well, credit. Well, it's it's almost like we've seen this. It's like a repeating record. Like what? What do you have to do at Gold Coast to get them to be competitive? They're not even competitive. They 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 started well for ten minutes and then they're just. It, St Kilda were never losing that game. We've seen that movie so many times from the Gold Coast, and they beat Geelong, who are going half rat power at the moment and and really struggling last week. And credit, they got the job done there, but. Yeah, I, that was their chance, I thought, Scoey, to, to maybe make a statement. And, and They've never had, Gold Coast have never had a Ross Lyon or a Brad Scott or a credentialed coach coming. I mean, Rodney Aid, you, you probably, probably could say. Rocket went. Rocket probably was going bananas <laughs> by that stage. I, I, don't, I, I think they probably missed their chance. They, they re-signed Stuart Dew last year, is that right? They, yeah. they probably missed their chance to get a, you know, Nathan Buckley. To, to get a, He's, trust me, if they, if they have a five or six win season this year, uh, whether it's Nathan Buckley, whether it's Ken Hinckley, whether it's um, they have to have someone that like this is no disrespect to Stuart Dew, but he he hasn't been a head coach that's had great success. He, he hasn't done that, and he's never had the opportunity to. They need someone who's done that. How many years has he been there? Five. Yeah, five, correct. Five years? Something like that. So yeah. like, I, I just think. You can't question it. They don't know how to win. They, they have no winning culture. The culture is important. And I think no, you're they right. have no and winning culture. There's no culture. pressure. We've, we've gone over this. They, 
you know, they'll go back to you the You picked Gold Coast. Did you pick Gold Coast? No, no, that was my Ruffy. I, no, I actually selected in the paper. Bottlemart Ruffy. St Kilda, my right. Bottlemart Ruffy. Okay. And once again, as we go to the next game, I'm never selecting St Kilda, uh, Gold Coast again. <laughs> Port Adelaide defeat Sydney by two points. Now, this one, Skeeter, a nice little new segment. Thanks to Thirsty Camel. The clanger of the weekend. I want to speak about this first off the top. So don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shelters from Thirsty Camel. Thirsty Camel are on board just to pick out a clanger or two from the weekend. We're not going to go, just to explain this, we're not, we're not going to go, um, Regulation. you know, Tim Kelly missed a kick going inside 50. That's not, a, that's not a clanger. We're talking about maybe a little bit more analytical, but maybe a little bit of, bit of uh, yeah. you know, a little bit of it quirk. Could be, could be some of the commentary from you or I yesterday on well, radio. That, you could take a, a gamut. I actually called a bloke from Melbourne who wears number 23, uh, what do you call him? Does Jordan, he get it right? Jordan James, when his name's James Jordan. <laughs> About and I should times. know, number 23, they gave him the name Jordan as he said, anyway. You said it five times? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jordan was, James, kept rolling it out. <laughs> keep getting corrected. Kept rolling it out. Jeez, it was funny. You're very good though, Skeeter. One of the best in the business. So <laughs> if you did, you and I stuffing up at commentary, be clangers of the weekend. But this is the clanger of the weekend. Yep. Thanks to Thirsty Camel. Don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shelters at Thirsty Camel. Who have we got? It's in this game. Well, we're going to go with a, moment. A, a, a number of people that I just, we can yes. group into this. The, it's called Premature Celebration. Yes. I had that and I had twin daughters off the back of it. But there's... <laughs> <laughs> Premature celebration at the SCG oh my on God. Saturday night. Ollie Florent <laughs> kicking what could have been, what would have been the winning goal from yes. long range. And the camera shot that we had from uh, right. Seven had all the Sydney Swan supporters. Again, had, this is the same, it was the same shot as Buddy. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was yeah. the same person. It was like it was just, just outside the toilet and just, just making sure. They, like, like, you know, NYPD Blue, where they have that sort of one. That's so little, so let's talk about the clangers here, right? So it was Ollie Florent kicking the goal yeah. after the siren to win the game. Yeah. It comes off the boot. Someone stands up in front of the camera. So the camera, like, so Channel 7, you can have a clanger. Um, Isaac Heaney, you can have a... Oh, no, Ollie Florent, yeah. you could have a hanger. He celebrated like Hayden Valentine did in the Derby. That's he, right. Someone's jumping on and hugging him on the ground while the ball's still in the air. <laughs> Isaac Heaney, you could have a clanger. <laughs> He's celebrated. He's on the goal line. As soon as it comes off the boot, he starts sprinting out to Ollie Florent. He came off the goal line directly where the ball crossed. So he wasn't there to shepherd it over. He thought it was a goal. Um... Uh, who else can have a clan? There was someone else. Uh, Half the fans at that end. Which to be fair, when you're behind the kick, and we've all seen it, you go, oh, this is this is going all the way, and then it falls short. You sort of have to go back to being subdued. Channel Seven didn't put the replay on for about Did seven they? minutes, and I was like, please play the goal line replay to see how. Cl- so pretty much, it was only Buddy on the line. It was about five pork guys. Uh, it was a, it was pretty poor, boss. No clanger from Aliyah. He, he was probably best on ground. Um, he saved multiple goals in the second half off his own doing. Um, and then he was there, the man to jump. He jumped through Buddy to stop that ball. It, it was close. It was sort of almost half a ball from, from being across the line. So That's a big win for them because I, mean, I was huge paying win, attention mate. to it. Uh, they mate, were down like, uh, what do I mean, four and a half, five goals to, to nothing. They, they wanted a goal in the first head. quarter. They wanted Hinkley's head. Yeah, and, and after the showdown, the only thing that, going into the game, I gave them a, a bit of a chance was because they'd won their past five or six, certainly the past five against Sydney Swans. So they had a reasonable record against them. That's a massive win for them because, as you say, they um, they were feeling the heat. Ken Hinckley, um on the boundary. You could see what he looked relieved. Totally. He looked relieved. Um, our boy Charlie Dixon over at Backchat, one of the best interviews we've put together. If you want to go and listen to that, go type Charlie Dixon Backchat into Google somewhere. Uh, he was 
he was outstanding in the last quarter. They put him into the ruck. They put Scott Lyson on the bench and they let him go to work. He created three of their last goals, either by effort or clearances or blocks or kicks or whatever. But he also lost them the lead with two minutes to go. Sydney got a free kick on the wing. The ball had rolled forward. Charlie was the loose man in defence. He went to kick it back to the player from Sydney. And he kicked, mate, he kicked it over his head by about 30 metres. He, like, I don't know if he was... He has those moments, doesn't he? I don't he? know if he was deliberately doing it or... But he just got it and he literally... It was um, Blakey, Blakey and kicked it over his head by 30 metres. 50, 50 metres. Goal. Put Sydney in front. Um, but then the very next centre clearance, he got up, tapped it down, followed it up, broke through four tackles, got it going forward, and they kicked a goal from that play. So, Finn Layson, who uh, had a good yes, night. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, it, was, it, was, you know, it was pretty touching seeing him getting interviewed after the yeah, game. Of course, he's part of his wife, yeah. Yeah, terminal cancer, unfortunately, um, which, is, which is just horrific. But he does the match winner. So um, uh, it was a good game in the end. Port Adelaide, Sydney, who'd you pick? I picked Sydney, but I backed Port at the line of plus 19.5. So if you get some, some love <laughs> no that, one cares about your bank balance, mate. <laughs> Essendon defeat GWS by 13 points. Um, in a pretty good game, it must be said, under the dome. Uh, Essendon have started really bloody well. Yeah, the goal-kicking yesterday was horrendous under the roof. But, you know, that's, you know, you're winning mate, matches, you're getting enough looks. That's something Brad Scott will take out of it. Jake Stringer. I think 4-6 for the afternoon. Um, so You're going to take that from him. Look, 10 I, scoring I, shots. And even though he probably should have had 7-3, yes. absolutely, if you're getting that many opportunities... He did a, he did a torp on the run, Stringer. Like, he's such a rogue player, isn't he? He just like comes out. And it's like he's just playing, beating his own drum type things. Like, no, no one does that anymore. He got the ball, just started running it towards goal, did a torp, went straight through the middle of the goals. He's, he's and then a, he probably had a shot from 10 metres out and kicked it out in the full. It's yeah, that sort he, of guy. one of those players, he's had an interrupted pre-season, hamstrings, etc. But he's important to, to the Essendon side, no question There about was an that. interesting one in this game. So Dyson Heppel, yeah, the for, sub. Former, of cap, former captain of the club, um, his form's been in question to start the year. He was subbed out last week, and there was sort of the social media footage of him getting on the phone to Brad's going, what the fuck what are you talking about? Uh, this week, he gets named in the squad, um, and not just squad, he gets named on the field in starting 22. Late change from a Scott, so it's genetic between those two. Chris and Brad Scott love yeah. just pulling out stupid late changes. It pisses me off. It actually does. It. Overall, this issue, I think it needs to be addressed. Like, I don't see why we can't just say who's injured and what's wrong with them. And there's too much on the line now. There's there's, there's betting. There's marketing dollars. Fans are going to see the game. There's fantasy footy. Like, there's a lot of money and, and things on the line here. You can't just start pulling players out for no reason because they would have known. They would have known what they were doing. So what they did, Heppel's, uh, Heppel's 22, they late change him. Phillips comes into the side as a ruckman. So it completely changes the dynamic of his of their mm. team. This is why they did it. Yep. And then Heppel comes out, not out of the squad, but into uh, as a sub. So they don't drop him. He's not injured. They're just making a tactical change late. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's borderline... It's not cheating, but it's it's playing with it's, it's playing with it's manipulating the like the the game. I think a few coaches I can understand why, but it's like I think it's bullshit. Yeah, a few few coaches have commented on this, and and even Brad Scott, I think, has addressed the fact that maybe the AFL has to you know put. The, he said it. He's talking. He's addressing about, his own decisions. Well, but if the rules are there, if he's allowed to do it, why wouldn't you? Every coach will exploit the rule to their advantage if possible. I don't blame them. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't. You I, can, yeah, I can understand as well, but it's just it's no. just bad. It's a bad look on the game, yeah, it's mate. It's hard enough because they're clearly 
you know, well, hard, well, hard enough for Jack and I to work out who the sub is, let alone work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'll take another whack. Yeah, correct. Um, look, I, I think I think how this is fixed during the week, we say who's injured, we say what's wrong with them, we say how many weeks in yet, we make that industry wide. NFL does it right. The NFL, the NFL does it inactive. Either either inactive, um, and and some of them get have question well, so marks going into the weekend. But the, but you know that you know that they're question so marks. So what the f- is general soreness? You tell me what general soreness is. But that's fine. At least you know that they're they're in doubt. So right now, no one has to say anything. Nick Nananui's got a twelve month injury, and West Coast says week to week. That's a good example. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So why don't we just say what the injury is? It doesn't matter if they're injured. They're if injured. It, but if, if everyone's tro- doing it, but if it's a six month injury. Why not say that? I agree with you. Oh, it, then it stops the conversation. Because they don't have to. That's why. So why don't we just say... It doesn't also take the heat off a club by just coming frank, being honest, saying he's out for honesty. three months. Uh, come back to me in 10 weeks and we'll discuss when he's almost Honesty would go a long way in this game sometimes. So we don't have to be honest, it's, so we just do whatever you like. Honesty is uh, such a lonely word, as Billy Joel once sang. Thank you very much. Well. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, sorry, yeah. Dan. <laughs> Sitting there with your tattoos, spilling... T- Spilling coffee everywhere. Sitting there with your tattoos. That's been grinding skate skiers all year. You want to throw that out? Tell you what, what, what we should do, we should get a bet and skate has got to get a tattoo at some nope. stage. Geelong nope. v Hawthorne. Let's do a quick preview. We didn't preview this uh, yeah. last week. No, we, I'm uh, looking forward to this. 17th but, versus 18th. Yeah, on a Monday, get to Perfect. watch footy. Love we're, it. We're in here in Back Chat Studios. We're going to put tools down probably. We'll have it on the you'll, background you'll a little a bit. you will have a couple of shoulders in between. Well, I will if, I, yeah, if I'm allowed to. But yeah, correct. How do you see this game going? And, and, and <laughs> would you would you have thought it was Cellar Dwellers but at the start of the year? Seriously. Oh. Well, Hawthorne, well, yes. Hawthorne, possibly. Um, Geelong, Mitch Duncan comes back. He's so important to them. Colin Jasny. Colin Jasny, Rich Stanley. Yep. So uh, this is this is a game they'll be winning, you'd expect. But uh, I think at times we expect like Geelong just to come out and and win by ten today. I don't see that happening just because they, they'll be down on confidence. There's no there's no question about that. Um, these well, matches, Dangerfield's come out and said that in the in the in public eye. He said that we are down on confidence, and mm. I saw some guys talking about it. Um, uh, I think it's Barrett and a few others say, "Oh no, it was Gary Lyon and um, Tim Watson." And they said, "How do you lose your confidence? You 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 won you won the grand final by eighty points about four months ago. How do you go from that to having a really good game game in the preseason? They dominated. They beat North Carlton. And even go even go further. Round one against Collingwood, they led by probably twenty points during the third quarter. Yeah, so it's, so it's interesting that they long, lose their confidence, yeah, right? But, yeah, I can totally understand that. I mean, confidence. It doesn't matter what you do, whether it's in your job, um, your personal life. Yeah, confidence is the, I think. You don't you, just get it. You talk about mindset. Yeah. Oh, I think confidence is so important to anything you do in life. And I think Col- at Geelong at the moment, probably just maybe doubting themselves a bit more than what they ever thought they would after what they'd been through last September. Sam Mitchell will know that. And he'll be, that's, I sort of said a few times, he'll be harping on that. And then mm. he'll come with a plan. So the plan would be pressure. Well, well, how will he the, pressure. the pressure? Pressure. It's the same as what we saw at West Coast first half with Melbourne. If you put Geelong under enough pressure and you can actually score off the back of it and you put them under some scoreboard pressure, then the confidence thing comes in. Are we good enough? Are we going to lose again? Are we going to go zero and four? That all starts happening. It doesn't matter how good you are. I, th- I agree. Um, interestingly, um, so we said the ins for Geelong, the outs. Ollie Henry, so... He's new to the club. He's been omitted. And Tanner Bruin, um, another one of these young guys that was added, omitted as well. And DeConing's out um, with concussion. And Segler comes out for Reece Stanley. So they've got some changes, Geelong. Hawthorne don't really have any. Um, Look, taking the, the, off the sort of of a win last, last quarter full for Geelong, win today, Eagles next week, 
life looks. Yeah. Mind you, we thought they beat the Gold Coast. Yes, they, you know, that could have been that would have made life look a bit better. But that's yeah. what they do have on their side is experience and being able to talk within the group. You got Isaac Smith in there. You got Paddy Dangerfield. Like Isaac Smith's won a grand final or two. Superstar. He knows what it's like. They were five and four last year. Bear that in mind. They yep. won the next sixteen. I, I don't think they they can replicate last year just because of what we're seeing. I think it's going to be. You just see, this is not just a quick fix for, for Geelong. I think there's probably more. More let's play here, but I I, who I think they win today. Who picked? Do you have to have to tip Geelong? By, so is a blowout or not? I picked Geelong as well. I can't I can't dig a uh, pick a fifty sixty pointer. No, right. I, I'm thinking more in that five goal range. I think it could be a bloodbath. I think it could be a bloodbath. I think it could be eighty points. So yeah. Geelong. So shall I get on? No, on have a, yeah, well, <laughs> I, yeah, that's saying you haven't already, which I know you have. Um, that's done and dusted. Will Schofield, <laughs> Mark Reddings. There's the week in review. Shelter footy cast. Last one of the day for us, Skeeter. Shelter XPA X Factor. We've given a few of these to West Australians. This one's a clear one for me, and he hasn't got one so far, which is a bit of a shame. TK? Um, yeah. Tim Kelly, 36 touches, 703 metres gained, two goals. I don't know if you can do much more as a midfielder in the competition. In a losing side, he's doing everything he possibly can to make West Coast better. I think he's almost, given the, the absence of Luke Shue, who was terrific before he was injured, I think he's taken on that responsibility. I'm not sure he's been comfortable in that role, maybe... He looks extremely fit. Yeah. Like the way well, he started games, he had 12 touches in the first mate, quarter. And look, his disposal efficiency in the derby was just over 50%. It was, at times yesterday, a little shaky. But I'm going to also put into play here the fact that his clearance work at times uh, was as good as you'll see. Yep. In a, against a Melbourne mid, including Oliver Petrarca, you know, he, he was able to find little spaces to get the hand pass or get a kick away. Yeah. That is as good as anything in the competition. Yeah, I agree. So he's getting a big carton of Shelter XPA. We'll get that out to TK. I know you'll enjoy a couple of those. A couple of quiet ones, Skeeter, after the season. Uh, there you go, Timmy. Well done, mate. That's us done and dusted, Skeeter. You want to follow us on Instagram? Shelter Footycast is where you find us there. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. You send us an email. We might send some little random prizes out to some emails we get. Or a comment on YouTube as well. Skate, uh, have you ever had a public holiday in your life? Uh, pretty real. Well, I've got... Bit of today off, but yeah, it's unusual. I was up at five this morning doing radio here with you. It's footy season, we cop it. Um, let's just hope our WA teams can do something. Otherwise, just, you and I are going to be sitting here for 18 more rounds talking absolute palaver. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.